0: Acquisition is too costly, but retention is way more possible than acquisition if you really play it smartly. So we noticed that actually at the moment, some smart retailers are building up a kind of a consistent discount regime. So they, for example, have special Saturdays or special Mondays, special, I don't know, Thursdays, where they definitely offer particularly like low prices on a group of products. So this makes there's already uh, kind of active consumers to consume more from that web shop. Hmm. So what we will see is actually, what we expect to see is occurrence of this case much more than the previous years.
1: Welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast growing seven and eight figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2x their businesses and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Koonway Campbell.
2: This episode is brought to you by Remarkety. Remarkety is an email marketing platform specifically built for e-commerce businesses. With Remarkety, emails are automatically triggered by shopper behavior and purchase history. With a few simple clicks, Remarkety allows you to recover abandoned carts, win back inactive customers, make product recommendations, deliver newsletters, and a whole lot more. In other words, emails you will send through Remarkety will be highly targeted with glaring improvements on your open rates, Click rates and most importantly, conversions. You're also able to track revenue generated from every single email sent by Remarkety. Try Remarkety absolutely free for 30 days, no credit cards, and no contracts. To sweeten the deal, 2x e commerce listeners can get Remarkety for 30% off an entire year using the coupon code PODCAST30. That is coupon code podcast three zero visit remarkety.com to learn more remarkety is email marketing for e-commerce simplified hello guys welcome to today's episode now i have something quite special because a few years ago um i was kind of like an i had a conversation with um a quite established e-commerce Retailer and wholesaler. They 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 ran an e-commerce retail and wholesale business, and um, the issue they were having was, or you may even have, was tracking and monitoring competitor prices. So so if you're operating quite a competitive e-commerce segment, you either monitor your price, your your competitors' prices, or you're wondering how to monitor your competitors' prices. My guest in today's episode is Burke Tani. He's a co-founder of a company that does just that. Um, The name of his company is called PriceSync. It's a SaaS-based price tracking platform that tracks competitor prices and stock levels in real time. So I'm super excited to to have um, him on the show. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Back to the show. Welcome back.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's it's great to be with you, Kule, and many thanks for having us for this uh, like exciting conversation. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Could you take a, a minute
2: or two um, to 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 introduce yourselves yourself and you know give our audience a bit um, of some background, um, you know, data on on, on yourself and sure. being the co-founder of, of Pricing, please.
0: Sure. So actually uh, pricing, you know, I have been involved with pricing for the last uh, two years, let's say, but previously I was always interested in mostly like B2B and SaaS. So SaaS is really what we all love as, as pricing teams. So I was involved in mainly business development uh, parts of different SaaS products. But two years ago, uh, actually out of, out of a very obvious need, we came up with the idea of building a SaaS product, which will be Able to track competitor prices for e-commerce companies, and since then uh, we are laser focused on a particular product called pricing. Okay. So
2: that- brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So you you've been in the SaaS game or business for five years, and pricing is about two years old.
0: Sure,
2: yeah, oh, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you have. Two other co-founders from from your LinkedIn profile, I could see Samet um, and um, Sel Sel Cook. If if I, no, if I pronounce it wrong, well.
0: Samet and Shirin are the. Sh- uh, okay, yeah.
2: It's, so really are, it's, yeah, it's 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 spelled S E L C U K.
0: So no, he's, he's he's not actually part of the company at the oh, moment. Okay. We are we are currently three co-founders. So let me also give their names. So Samet okay. and Shirin are the two other co-founders along with me on board at the moment. So we are like. I am mostly handling the business development part and they are mostly involved with the product development part, but we are acting as three active co-founders at the moment.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. Three co-founders. So you, you, you could push the business, you know, really, really far, you know, far and, um, you know, strongly. So you're, you're based in Istanbul, in Turkey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, um how was the idea sort of arrived at you said you know you you have a laser focus um you've had a laser focus in the last two years how Mm -hmm. did you sort of make that transition from the b2b space to 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 e-commerce which which is largely b2c but you know in many other use cases it's it's also b2b
0: yeah so actually the, the the idea came up uh through france i would say but france was like interesting so uh, I had many, many uh, like close friends who were involved in e-commerce markets like back in three, like two or three years ago, and they were either entrepreneurs of their own companies or they were either like business developers in e-commerce companies based in based in the region, mostly in Istanbul. So whenever I whenever I had ch- like when I had the chance to talk to them about their like day-to-day operations about the status of their companies, they were terribly complaining about the harsh price competition in the market. And after a while, I noticed that, you know, one of their day-to-day operations was actually tracking their competitive prices by hand. Mm-hmm. So, it became kind of a standard task uh, accepted within the company. And that was actually a terrible loss of smart, you know, manpower. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed that and I talked to these guys and they said, well, we, we are trying to find uh, an automated way, but there are no such tools at the moment in mm-hmm. hand. So, when I just approached them with the idea of building such a product and, to see whether they would pay for that, they said, "We will definitely pay for it." Mm-hmm. And from that point onwards, you know, I think we really felt to urge to build such a product, which could be used in any size of e-commerce companies as a SaaS product. And since then, we we are we have never been distracted from the idea of building it. Okay, okay, that
2: that is really brilliant. So your are a cloud-based SaaS, um, you know, price monitoring platform. How many customers do you do you currently to manage and you know help?
0: So it's now like more than one hundred, and they the, the, the nice thing is that our customers are coming from more than thirty countries, spanning like Europe, America, but also Asia and Middle East. Yeah. So we are a, like we are working with all sides of e-commerce companies from all around the world, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's actually just it started to take off uh, like during this summer because. We had a different version previously and around, uh, around summer we kind of launched the version which was purely SaaS. So where companies could just visit our website, sign up and add their products so they could use the product fully SaaS service And since then we have kind of a growth rate of about like 20-25% month over month. So that's the current business
2: actually. That's quite fascinating The the moment you moved to to, to a SaaS-based solution it it started it, 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 you started to get a growth rate of about 25%. Okay. Right. So should we talk about a typical use case? Um so for our listeners, I, I want to make this this episode as useful to our, our listeners as possible. Mm-hmm. So so for our listeners, most of our listeners are actual owners of e-commerce businesses or they are involved in in the day-to-day management in some way shape or form of an e-commerce business Mm -hmm. so from your perspective from the 100 customers you 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 have Mm -hmm. or more um could you kind of provide a use case as to the needs um, for price comp- com- com- for for price monitoring.
0: Yeah, sure. So, uh like uh the the major issue here is actually to know that they are acting so e-commerce companies are acting in a market with other 12 million players. So, it's a terribly crowded market, so you definitely need an need an edge to kind of sustain some competitive advantage and here we kind of have a checklist to see whether uh, a company would benefit from a competitor price tracker or not. And it's it's as simple as follows. So we, first of all, work with online retailers. So it's not for companies uh, kind of selling online tickets or online reservations, but it's just for online retailers selling branded products. So the, the basic check would be, Going to your own website and finding one of the products that you have in your featured, you know, uh, carousel. Let's say it's iPhone 5. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you give Google actually one of your products, if you, if you end up with, you know, pages of Google searches for that same product at different retailers, that means that you are competing uh, in the market harshly. So that means that you have many competitors selling the exact same product at different prices. So when you suddenly notice that, you should also think like a customer because the customer actually does the same. So they particularly Google for or they just use Google Shopping or other price comparison engines and they search for the products and you basically end up just being one of the retailers supplying the products versus many other competitors. So such companies are, are kind of uh, very, very potential clients and the ones who really benefit from our solution massively. So that's basically our potential clients and to give kind of uh, a more concrete uh, verticals, we are quite active in consumer electronics, mom and baby, and also like supports, equipment or any e-commerce vertical that you would imagine with branded products. So if there are suppliers supplying branded products to an e-commerce company most probably they are supplying the exact same products to other retailers so they are actually competing with each other so that's the potential market potential list of clients we are working with actually
2: okay okay that, that, that's a very brilliant answer because um you know the, the 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 branded products you know that, that's a core term here Mm -hmm. and um i can imagine how competitive consumer electronics will be Mm -hmm. um it it is a competitive space it's fast moving Mm -hmm. and people know exactly what they're looking for and when it Mm -hmm. comes to electronics be it a phone or a television Mm -hmm. um you know so so yeah it's it's quite interesting also from the perspective of the fact that um you know um if you don't own your brand and you're a merchandiser of other brands, you will definitely need to monitor, you know, other merchandisers or of branded products, you know, which, which would be in direct competition with, with yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. what, what from, from the data that's coming into price Sync, um, mm-hmm. How how are retailers coping with um, with Amazon? You know, um, you know when you compete against, mm-hmm. you know when you c- compete on price with mm-hmm. Amazon, um, it's a race to the bottom. You know, in, mm-hmm. in many cases. Yeah. Um, so how uh, how are you seeing from the data you're you know you're gathering um, any tactics? Are you seeing any tactics retailers are employing to to acquire customers, <laughs> um, new customers um, with <laughs> Price monitoring, um, against Amazon especially.
0: Yeah, actually, Amazon is I think one of the like best companies applying dynamic pricing, uh, within their operations because they they have their kind of own laboratory, I would say, which particularly focus focuses on this uh, like operation of sort of tracking competitors and having like sophisticated price uh, repricing algorithms. Mm-hmm. So. Actually we noticed that uh, on average, each Amazon product is changing prices once in 15 minutes. So it's actually a massive frequency. So of course, a small or medium business companies cannot handle that. Uh, so they cannot really directly compete with Amazon. but what, what they can do is actually kind of separating their competition as Amazon and others, because Amazon is like massively like, dynamic, but the others are actually another domain of competition. So in most cases, what we see is that companies are really differentiating between Amazon or a similar player like Walmart or eBay and their other competitors. So they mostly dynamically change their prices versus the other competitors. And they also monitor Amazon. And they they sometimes notice that Amazon is selling a product at a very high profit margin. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they are they can also adjust their prices versus Amazon. But what we say to our clients is actually... Really fighting with Amazon in prices is a definite loss. Mm. So it's it's really tough to maintain that because there is a amazing scale scale of supply. So very low unit costs. So Amazon can really beat anyone, almost anyone, uh, if they fight in price. Okay, okay,
2: yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. That that makes a, you know a massive um, load of sense because you, you need to find other um areas to to compete perhaps on value or you know um being a specialist you know mm-hmm. against amazon so so if i'm selling maybe bicycles for instance you know specialist road bikes for uh-huh. instance um because i have that expertise to set up a bike to to to, to advise on the frame the right frame to buy um, I would always be better than you know Amazon um, customer service because they're they're, they're they're managing you know millions of other products you know exactly. so, so um I, I suppose that's the only way you can compete rather than the price. And I like the, the fact that you group Amazon with the really big ones like eBay and Walmart into one basket mm-hmm. and then they they, they then um, you know compare really and readjust based on other competitors at a similar price yeah um, I just have another follow-up question do you have a reprising um, engine um, tied into pricing
0: no not not natively but what we do is actually we have a quite seamless api which feeds all the data available in pricing and e-commerce companies then can integrate our api with their own content management system no matter what the platform is so it can be magento shopify or whatever platform they are using they can seamlessly integrate with our API, so they can set their own repricing rules. But the thing is that we are learning more and more about this repricing uh, strategies. So we will implement this also into our product in the near future. Okay. So now, but this is possible, but with a bit of development at the customer side, but it's not a really kind of a hassle, actually. It, it doesn't take that much of time because our API really contains everything clearly. So at the moment, we, we only offer repricing in such cases, so with integrations.
2: Could you shed some more lights on your API? You know, what data points um, are an offer on, on your API?
0: Actually, our API is full feature, so it contains any data that we already track throughout pricing, So and those are basically the price points of any product, uh, at any website so let's say you are product you're tracking 100 products at twenty competitors so all the prices of those products are fed into our API four times a day at the moment and also their stock availability so if a, if a product is in stock or out of stock we can also monitor that and we can also report that mm-hmm. but the, another important thing is actually also having access to historical data because, you know, you can compare your prices now and you can take actions, but you also need some big-picture analysis at the end of the day. For, for example, for the last month's prices, and for example, last weekend's prices. So we also provide historical data okay. uh, throughout pricing. And also we have actually uh, an index value, which is kind of an aggregated analysis for particular brands and products, for particular brands and categories, sorry. So the, the fact here is that, you know, you can, again, compare your product prices versus your competitors, but you also need some sort of sense to see how do you price a particular brand versus your competitors. And to do this, we have an aggregation model which aggregates prices at particular brands and pro- uh, categories. So we also deliver reports about their brand pricing performance or category pricing performance so this is also one of the features which really makes pricing special in the eyes of our clients actually they can also make further analysis uh on top of the raw data
2: hmm. Hmm. Uh, i particularly like the, the historic you know data so so you have that chart of you know price movement you know um exactly. across the board with with um, as many competitors as as you wish to 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 follow um I have a question with regards to the historical. Does it start the moment we activate it? Or um, if it's been in your system, would you provide data prior to the start of the, the specific campaign?
0: Yeah, it's the second way around. So we like all the data starts when when uploaded actually for the first time in our system. But if we onboard a client and he demands pricing information for particular products that we have been already monitoring, we supply them the retrospective data as well. That's so awesome. it's yeah, it's also a cool actually onboarding surprise because they just onboard, they just want to track a price and that price has been already being like kind of tracked for last three months. So it's also a nice little surprise for our clients, actually. Okay, okay.
2: All right. Um what about email alerts? Um do 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 retailers get email alerts for you know very high priority products?
0: Yeah, actually they, they, they can get uh, email alerts for any product they like. So they can either assign them as high priority or we can again group products in you know brands and categories. And this actually makes the product quite addictive. And this is what we hear from our clients as well. So sort of our notifications become part of their e-commerce day-to-day operations. So they, they go to office, for example, at 9 and they sit down by their desk. And at 9, 15, we send them the email notifications and that kind of became how they start their day off. So it's also quite uh, nice to hear such feedbacks from our clients that our notifications are really actionable and they are high prioritized
2: actions actually. Okay, okay, that makes makes a lot of sense. Okay. Okay, now that we've talked about you know um, pricing and um, the, the need for for, for, for price monitoring, um, could could we go into price and strategy? Uh-huh. or pricing strategies, um from from, from, from your perspective and um, having viewed hundreds or you know um several um mm-hmm. you know um pricing strategies of your customers mm-hmm. in the context of e commerce for um merchandisers of branded products mm-hmm. um what pricing strategy actually works? Could you sort of advise or shed more light on on how to go about a pricing strategy in e-commerce?
0: Sure. Actually, let me start with uh, kind of a saying, an internal saying in, in pricing team. So we always emphasize that optimum price is not necessarily the low, lowest price, mm. because at, at the end of the day, we are all trying to build you know sustainable and profitable companies, uh, no matter what the business field it's. For example, in our case, it's e-commerce, but we all want to build you know, profitable and sustainable companies. So we also have actually another parameter in the game, which is the unit cost of the products. So you cannot, for example, discount your products infinitely because you have kind of a threshold, which is your unit cost. So we always tell our clients to monitor their competitor prices along with their unit costs and to, to say them to take actions according to their unit cost as well. So there are actually two types of very, very strategic uh, price moves uh, from the data of pricing. So the first case is where you are terribly low. For example, you just set a price for a product like two months ago, but then your competitors increase their prices due to some fluctuation in the market, and then you remain too low. So with pricing, for example, you can notice that you are also too cheap, So you can increase your price and actually save a lot of margin by still being the cheapest in the market. So this is the the sort of strongest value proposition we deliver to our clients. So it's not really uh, the expected thing. You know, mostly people expect that we will force them to be the cheapest, but mostly we help them to increase their prices in a smart way to make extra margins. So this is quite crucial. And the second case is where we are kind of dramatically expensive, so really too expensive. So they can also notice that their prices are not logical at all. So they also decrease them uh, versus competitors. But we always say that they shouldn't really go way below their unit cost. So they should also consider the unit cost, and they should have a target margin in their minds, let's say 5%, 10%, or whatever the strategy is. So they should adjust their prices versus competitors uh, by always achieving that margin and thanks to that we actually have an average of you know seven percent profit margin increase achieved uh, all around our clients so that's mostly these two strategies I can
2: tell well that, that's that's an accolade that, that that is you know worthy of praise seven yeah. percent across the, the, the board
1: uh-huh. okay
2: okay so the key thing is not to go on a loss. From from both strategies, you're not going on a loss. The first, you know, strategy really looks at um, the the cost of goods, uh-huh. and the second is retaining a target profit margin, and you know, mm-hmm. stick into that uh, that discipline. Okay, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Is there any other thing around pricing strategy
0: um, retailers should not do? Uh, I think as I said you know being lowest is not sustainable so that's what we say because whenever we talk to companies they always think that we are the guys who force them to price lowest but that's not the case actually we are the guys who want e-commerce companies to price in a smart way and that's that's the basic difference actually so
2: that's what I can add Okay, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I was on your website and I realised um, Toshiba was mm-hmm. um, is is a is a client. That mm-hmm. is is that at the enterprise. Um, that's obviously at the enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you you cater for enterprise through to 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 small businesses. Is is that is that the case? And how does yeah. Toshiba kind of use, um, you know. They, they own their brand obviously, um, so that actually contradicts what I said earlier. So uh-huh. so how would Toshiba actually you know use pricing? Um, how how do they typically use it um, in, yeah, in their
0: yeah. in their instance? We actually currently also help suppliers because we noticed that you know they also need to track their own branded products online prices to avoid minimum price violations mm. because you know those companies have a brand image and brand image also contains the prices of their products. So, they mostly want kind of relevant and kind of in parallel prices with their brand positionings. But in online retail, you can see very, very deep discounts at a particular retailer at some point. So, those companies also want to avoid that by monitoring online prices. Mm. So, at the moment, actually, uh, we are working with suppliers like Toshiba, Nike, uh, actually many other companies are also using pricing for that particular purpose. Mm. So it's also a different domain that we are kind of entering uh, these days.
2: It's quite interesting. So, so they're using it from a compliance standpoint to, to monitor um, retailers, if retailers are actually, you know, um, discounting their products um, at, yeah. the, uh, at particular times when they shouldn't.
1: Yeah,
0: and compliance comes also along with also competitive tracking because, you know, as uh, online retail takes a major percentage of total retail. They also start to feel that they need to track their competitors' brands, even in online retail. For example, Toshiba needs to monitor the average pricing of Lenovo laptops, Mm -hmm. even in the online retail market. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a market shaping up, I would say. So I think we will see much more interest in the next few months or let's say years. Uh, from this part of the market as well
2: okay okay very very interesting very very interesting okay um i think we 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 have pretty much okay let's talk about sales you know um mm-hmm. the the art of well running offers and sales
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so from your opinion what 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 would you as an expert what would you what advice would you give to retailers on the timing of um their sales obviously they some unavoidable you know sales periods like um, Uh you know black friday Uh um, cyber monday Uh um, boxing day here in the uk you know and end of season sales or start of season sales but Uh um you know how do you how what what tactics do you or what strategy or philosophy do you have for um do you have to offer retailers who are looking to you know, to, 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 to sharpen up uh-huh. their, 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 um, their, their discounting or, uh, you know, strategy. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. actually, uh, you know, I think we expect to see that uh, in 2016, let's say, uh-huh. the e-commerce companies would focus on retention much more than acquisition because, you know, acquisition is too costly, but retention is way more possible than acquisition if you really play it smartly. So we noticed that actually at the moment, some smart retailers are building up a kind of a consistent discount regime. So they, for example, have special Saturdays or special Mondays, special, I don't know, Thursdays, where they definitely offer particularly like low prices on a group of products. So this makes their already uh, kind of active consumers to consume more from that web shop. Hmm. So what we will see is actually what we expect to see is occurrence of this case much more than the previous years so particularly designed discount periods uh, which is kind of branded uh, in parallel with the company strategy so I think this will be very interesting to tap the retention part of the game Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we, we really enforce our companies to have such strategies for example some of our clients have already started to apply that and they are using email marketing and they are kind of building a brand out of this discount days, and it's really also uh, receiving you know social interest. So people are sharing this day uh, in like Twitter or in Facebook. So it's also becoming a funny thing actually. Mm. So you know it's it's kind of a gamification gamification of uh, like sales. Periods,
2: I would say. Absolutely. And when you put on the layer of personalization and then you yep. know your, your, your hero customers or you know your and you know your laggards then and, and you're able to, you know, um, give them the, the right tune up tune. Tuned to the frequency, to, to, mm-hmm. to, to the right price frequency to, to get them to,
0: mm-hmm. to, to
2: purchase more and more. So retention really is the game.
0: Uh, yeah, also. so actually like it's, it's a little similar to what flash sales uh, kind of took by storm. So flash sales was doing this too often. Mm. So what online retailers can do is actually mimicking the you know, uh, kind of excitement of flash sales in a less frequent manner. So they can do this once in every week or once in every month, and this can still boost the motivation of uh, shoppers to spend more. So, that's that's what I mean. That's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, let's go into our
2: evergreen lightning round. Um, I'll just ask you a question, and then you reply with the, with a single answer. Or okay. A, a, an answer in a, in a sentence. Okay. So, how do you hire people?
0: So, we, we just sit down with them, have a chat, and if we think that they are uh, kind of Nice people and smart people and ready for challenge, we mostly hire them. So the, the looking for a challenge is a
2: must, actually. Looking for a challenge. Okay. All right. What are your three indispensable
0: tools for managing pricing?: So one is, I would say, Slack, so we communicate within our team with Slack. Mm-hmm. and we also do the uh, ticketing through Assembla. So it's one of our you know uh, to-do list kind of thing, not to- do, but ticketing platform. I would say. and I think I would also consider LinkedIn as a tool uh, because it's, it's actually a crucial, crucial part of our marketing strategy. So to sum up, Slack, Asenta, and LinkedIn. But these are mostly you know, business development tools, not technical tools.
2: Yes, indeed. We, we met on, on LinkedIn. Okay. What's your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback.
0: Uh, we started uh, Enterprise. So it was actually a mistake because we just started to knock the doors of the big companies from day one and we noticed that they wanted something end-to-end, but then we refocused on building something kind of more compact, more self-service to tap the small and medium businesses. So it, it changed the shape of the game actually.
2: Mm, good stuff what one piece of advice which can you give to mid-tier retailers keen to doubling or tripling their business in 2016
0: uh, focusing on your uh, current customers so just focus on retention as much as you do for the acquisition it will really it will really create something absolutely if you could choose a single book
2: or resource that's made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth which would it be
0: it's uh, Effective Executive, actually. I just recently read that. Uh, it's called Effective Executive from Peter Drucker. Uh, so it's, it actually speaks about, you know, straightforward things in an actionable manner, uh, which is the hardest part, actually. You always, you always think of stuff, but you don't really take the action for them. So it, it, it makes you take the actions. It starts with the
2: action, okay. Finally, could you let our audience know how they can find and reach, reach out to you?
0: So actually, uh, they can just sign up on our website, like pricing.com, or they can just find me on LinkedIn uh, by just Googling my name, Burch Tanir, and I'm always open for new connections on LinkedIn, or they can just like uh, follow our uh, Twitter profile and all. But the first thing they should do is actually visiting our website, pricing.com, and signing up and checking out our demo. Uh, they are more than welcome.
2: Uh, that is brilliant, Burke. Uh, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure hearing from you on the Two X E Commerce Podcast show. Uh, price monitoring is so important, and you have you know shed so much light on here. Thank you so much, Burke.
0: For thank you, in. thank you so much, kulna uh, Pleasure to be with you. Yeah. All right. So for those of you still here with us,
2: sticking to the very end of the show, I hope you found Burke's insights on price monitoring actionable you know, and very, very insightful, basically. So to download the show notes and to read the full transcripts, head over to 2xecommerce.com. Um, and um, yeah, for, for updates, tips, to grow your store, be sure to sign up for an email alert over on 2xecommerce.com. Until the next show, to have a really, really good one, everyone. Bye now.
1: Cheers.